This is the story of how the most brilliant minds came together to solve a mammoth problem at a time when Europe was being ravaged by war. An invasion force of 150,000 men had already landed here in Normandy on D-Day, but now the Allies had to face an even bigger challenge. This is the story of Operation Mulberry. you ship food, medicine, supplies, equipment, vehicles and reinforcements to a vast army in the middle of a war zone without a harbour? The answer was summed up in one sentence. If we don't have the harbours, we will just have to build them and take them with us. The story has echoes of some of those great maritime miracles of the Bible that lots of us had grown up with. Noah's Ark at the time of the Great Flood and the parting of the Red Sea that allowed a persecuted nation to escape the clutches of a terrifying advancing army. Quite fitting then that the British Prime Minister Winston Churchill quoted the Bible in the middle of that amazing moment recounting the days when God spoke to the people with these words, watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something that you would not believe even if I told you. To set the back cloth to this great drama, we need to go back to the morning of August the 19th, 1942, where a catastrophe was unfolding about two hours along the coast from here. The raid on Dieppe was a disaster. The task force was intercepted out at sea and in the sky, the RAF was decimated with a hundred planes being shot down. And then as the landing craft arrived at the beaches, the bodies of young men began piling up on the ramps. Of the 6,000 men that left England for Operation Jubilee, two thirds of them would become casualties. An attack on a fully defended harbor would never be attempted again. The carnage of Dieppe left the military strategists with a huge logistical problem as they planned for the great Allied invasion onto the beaches of Normandy two years later on D-Day. It would be the end of the war in Europe, a war that had plunged nations into the abyss of oppression and fear. This is Aramanche, a French seaside town that is now synonymous with the story of Mulberry. An artificial harbour arrived here in kit form and was bolted together in a week and a half. It sounds like the stuff of adventure comics, but it actually happened and the remains are out there at sea. Looking at all that concrete, you get a sense of the sheer scale of it all. Pretty incredible stuff, especially when you consider that there was not one harbour, but two. Mulberry A at Omaha Beach for the Americans and Mulberry B here on Gold Beach for the British and the Canadians. Giant hollow concrete blocks known as Phoenix caissons form the outer wall of the harbours. Built in England, they were 200 foot long 
60 foot high and 60 foot wide, weighing in at 6,000 tons. Once they were constructed, they were hidden on the seabed away from prying eyes and then refloated and towed to France by an armada of tugs and then sunk again in position. Simple. Once the Phoenixes were assembled, it meant that other components of these DIY harbours could be assembled in calmer waters. They included the giant pierheads that created a deep anchorage for the American Liberty ships and the mile-long floating roadways that rose up and down with the tide going all the way to the beach. Several of those concrete monstrosities were built at Leap Beach, overlooking the Isle of Wight near Southampton. The remains of the vast construction site is still there today. This whole area of Leap Beach was a top secret, cordoned off, totally unaccessible area because of what was going on here. Even the men that were billeted over there in the woods didn't have the slightest idea what these strange, gigantic Lego bricks were that they were being asked to build, why they were building them, and what they would eventually be useful. Nearly a million tons of concrete and 20,000 men were required to do the job. After five months, 150 Phoenix caissons were completed and ready for Normandy. The use of concrete was important because it meant that the precious commodity of steel could be used for other components. Many construction companies who before the war were fierce competitors came together for this great wartime emergency. Balfour Beatty, who built the Channel Tunnel and also the M25 motorway around London, and Sir Robert McAlpine, who would later build Wembley Stadium in London, often called the Cathedral of English Football, were just two of them. And then, on the afternoon of D-Day, June the 6th, 1944, this whole plan swung into action as the 400 components of the Mulberry Harbours, weighing 1.5 million tonnes, were taken to France in the biggest towing operation in maritime history. I reckon everyone breathed a sigh of relief as the first ship docked at Mulberry Harbour A on Omaha Beach. LST 543 from Southampton was moored to the pierhead 10 days, 10 hours and 10 minutes after the ramps had fallen on the landing craft on that same stretch of sand, heralding the beginning of the assault wave on D-Day. And then disaster struck. Within days, Mulberry A was completely destroyed, but became a vital source of spare parts for Mulberry B that had also been badly damaged in what would later be described as the storm of the century. Mulberry B, nicknamed Port Winston, would see 2.5 million men, 500,000 vehicles, and 4 million tonnes of supplies pass over its floating roadways before it was eventually decommissioned.
The success of the Mulberry Harbors turned the tide of war and in doing so remapped the destiny of future generations of people across Europe. In the pages of the Bible, we find God wrestling with a problem, the problem of humanity's self-inflicted exile and separation from him. A problem that still exists to this day, leaving us devoid of hope and anchorless in the storms of life. When that problem is multiplied, societies unravel and nations can rise up against each other, causing war. Jesus Christ is the answer to this terrible mess that we find ourselves in. When the Son of God died on a cross, he solved the problem, settled the debt, disarmed the powers of evil and reconnected two divided sides. We are on one side and God is on the other. This great salvation plan of God has constructed a safe harbor for us to come into. It is a place where the inner storm is stilled and our lives individually can be transformed. The men and machinery that passed through the Mulberry Harbour here at Aramage between June and December 1944 helped to restore peace to a war-torn world. The Bible says Jesus is our peace. That is a peace that is not interrupted by the conflicts of this life. Receive that peace for yourself today. Invite Jesus Christ into your life.